Hey there, this is Chris Perry. I'm the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and this is the WCHL Podcast. On this episode of the WCHL Podcast, we're going to be talking to number 33 from the Central Oklahoma Broncos, Mr. Alex Henry. He's the goaltender in that, and uh, it's a pretty good little conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. Learn a lot, an awful lot about Alex and uh, his perspective as he sees things and uh, as a teammate and as a goaltender. And uh, yeah, it was a great, enjoyable conversation. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's hear some crunchy guitars and get after it. Hi, this is Chris Perry. I'm the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and this is uh, our continuing, I guess, series in the WCHL podcast where we're interviewing, uh, talking to some players, student-athletes. And right now we have uh, the pleasure of talking to the goaltender from the University of Central Oklahoma, number 33, Alex Henry. Alex, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, this was quite a deal. Had to... Uh, uh, you, you've got you, you surround yourself with with a bunch of protectors. They were uh, they were very uh, protective of of Alex Henry, and I'm not just talking about the defenseman. I'm talking about the the coaching staff and the off ice personnel there for UCO. They they wanted to make sure that Alex was treated with kid gloves. And I said, "Come on, I'm not going to beat him up. I can't do that." Not over the phone. Yeah, not even in person. Come on, you've seen me. <laughs> the Pillsbury Doughboy, you could take me out. So, all right. Hey, let's talk uh, uh, about Alex Henry, born in Winnipeg. Um, Actually, I talk right there. I wasn't born in Winnipeg. I was born in uh, Pembroke, Ontario. Pembroke, Ontario? Well, then why, why does the internet tell us differently? So, my hometown, I... So I grew up in a military family, and I was born in Ontario and moved to Winnipeg and played most of my hockey career in Winnipeg. So ah. I moved there when I was uh, eight. Okay. So that's kind of just simpler. Well, I, I see. Okay, so just for uh, simplicity purposes, you've listed it as, or people have it listed as Winnipeg. Did you learn to play, did you start playing hockey when you moved to Winnipeg, or were you already playing there in Ontario? I played a little bit in Ontario, not very much, but um, yeah, I would say I really started loving hockey when I started playing in Winnipeg and moving up through the uh, minor hockey ranks and into junior. You, you said you come from a military family. Is that your mom, your dad, both? Uh, my dad. He's recently retired from the Canadian military. Okay. All right. What was... I mean, what, what was that like growing up as a kid, or did you even notice it? You know, it was just mom and dad uh, were moving well, all over the place. No, we moved a lot as a kid. I really, those first eight years, I think we moved to six different places, two of them being the same, actually the same house we moved. Like, we lived there for a year, moved away for a year, and moved right back into the same house a year later. Huh. We got posted a lot. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. And then it was, uh, and so you learned to, or you started playing hockey when you were in Pembroke, or I shouldn't say that, wherever it was uh, during yeah. any of those six uh, outposts. And But it was Winnipeg where you fell in love with hockey. W what was it different? Why was it Winnipeg and not Pembroke or any of the other places in between? Oh, I wouldn't say it was 
wouldn't say it was just Winnipeg, but I mean, that's as I was getting older and learning to love the game more. And just when you're in your pre years, I guess you don't really understand the magnitude of the game and whatnot until you start getting older and okay. learn to meet more people. I don't remember much from back then, but I remember a lot more from my minor hockey in Winnipeg. I got you. Did you start off as a goaltender or were you uh, skating out front? Um, so where I started, they had basically like rotating goalies. So they didn't know who was going to be the goalie the first couple of years. So every game you would switch. And then my mom would always tell me a story about how whenever I was playing defense, I was always in the crease with the goalie <laughs> trying to make saves in player equipment. So that just kind of, that happened. And then the coach was like, Hey, do you just want to play goal? No one else really does. So that's kind of how it started. Very nice. And so you just kind of took to it naturally, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Now, do you still try to uh, make saves during, during practice? Do you still try to get out there without much equipment on and uh, try to make saves in the crease or are you? No, oh. not anymore. That's <laughs> lot, way too dangerous nowadays. The way guys can shoot and <laughs> that kind of stuff. All right. So you, 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 uh, you become a goalie, you're a goaltender, and you started uh, loving the game uh, in Winnipeg. And the internet tells me that um, you played Win- uh, uh, midget hockey there in Winnipeg for the Hawks and the Thrashers. Yep. And that you actually ended up winning the, what is that, the Manitoba Midget Hockey League? Uh, yeah, we won that, and then... So that was in for the Hawks. And then when I played for the Thrashers, we also won the Manitoba League. And then we actually went on to win nationals that league and won the TELUS Cup. The TELUS Cup? Now tell us all about that. TELUS is a Canadian uh, telephone company, correct? Uh, Yes. And they sponsor a major major competition, the TELUS Cup. How many teams come in for, for that tournament? So the way it works is basically you have to win your league in your province, and then they have like a Western States kind of tournament. Then you have to win that, and then you go to the final tournament, and there's only five teams in that tournament, four teams from each of the divisions across the country, and then one host team. Okay. And So it's a little like round-robin style tournament, and then you go into the playoffs, and then you play kind of like it's – Kind of like the world junior format, more or less. I see. So pool play to start with, and uh, for seeding purposes, and then once they once you get seeded after pool play, it's just the knockout stage and win and move on. Correct. Okay. All right. Very nice. And so you won the Telus Cup, and that was with the Thrashers. Yeah. That had to make a lot of news in Winnipeg, huh? Yeah. It- it was the first time a Winnipeg team had ever won it. A second, the second time a Manitoba team had ever won it. We got, we got to meet the mayor of the city. We got lots of publicity all across the city. And currently there's a banner hanging in our home rink with uh, all our names on it. Very cool. Very cool. Now, when you were, uh, did that tell us cup, uh, did it lead you to some other opportunities? Because I noticed after that, that's when you started playing uh, juniors in the Manitoba League. Yeah. So, um, so I'd say throughout the course of that season, it helped me out because I believe that was the year of the draft for the uh, for also the WHL or no, not the WHL, the WHL, uh-huh. and 
the NHL, which is the junior league that I played in. So I was drafted by Selker that year. And then right before the season started, I was traded to Nipawa for my 17-year-old year. <laughs> what was what was that like as, as a 17-year-old? I mean, here you are coming off a championship. You just got drafted by the Selkirk, which was what, the, your, a nearby hometown team, right? Yeah. They're, the, they're about 45 minutes or so away from where I live. And then you get dra- you get traded as a, before you even play uh, over, you get traded to Nipawa, which is what? Two hours, three hours uh, away. About an hour and a half. Okay. About an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, oh. it was it was different. I mean, I hadn't played with Selkirk like you said, and I hadn't really known much about them. So being traded didn't really do a whole lot for me. It's just a different team that I have to go and try. To okay. Make and succeed. Now, how was it? Was it a, a culture shock, or was it a uh, just? Did it matter? You, I, I got to believe that Nipawa is not nearly as big as Winnipeg. Um, no, definitely not. But I mean, it was nice. I had a good surrounding with billet parents, and the coach was really good that year. Or no, wait, not that year. The, uh, the team, yeah. Okay. I didn't play. I played on the team for one year, and we actually we lost our coach that year. That's why. Ah. The coach, twenty year old year. I really liked him. I see. And that was back in Newport. Okay. And so, um, it, it, I mean, help, help me out. I'm just a dummy down here in Oklahoma. Nipawa, is it is it a small farm town? Is it a little city, like a suburb of a bigger city? Um, yeah, it's just basically a small farm town. It's close to Brandon, which is the other big city in Manitoba, but not that close. Okay. And so the Wheat Kings of, of the Dub, they're over there in Brandon, and uh, your team was it? The, it says here it's the Natives. Uh, yep. Did did the whole town of Nipawa come out to follow the Natives? Um. Yes and no. We had a good fan following, but there were a lot of there's a lot of people in that city or that town that don't really know that much about hockey. But the ones that do were very good supporters of us and really made us feel good there. All right. All right. And then after that, uh, so after that year, you said that was your 17 year. Yeah. So for your 18 and 19, you play for the OCN blizzard and that's, that's, that's nothing like Winnipeg. That's way up North, isn't it? Yes. That's about six hours North of Winnipeg or so. Yeah. In the past. From home. Now that's um, the the blizzard. Help me out. OCN stands for I, I I always botch the the O, but it's like the Cree Nation. It's a it's a team. Ojibwe uh, Nation. Okay. Or, no, Oka. Uh, I can't even remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's there's a reason why they call it the OCN Blizzard, and not the whatever the O is Cree Nation Blizzard. So what what was that? How was that different playing in in the pause for the for the blizzard than it was for, for you playing there in uh, uh, Nipawa? I mean, besides it being further north and probably a whole lot colder. Um, I wouldn't say a whole lot colder, but I mean the travel in that team is pretty extensive, so lots of good team bonding and 
Yeah, they treated us very well up there. It was on a reserve, so they had a little bit more money than Nipua does. They always treated us really well up there. I really enjoyed my time in OCN. Okay. Now, did you go there voluntarily, or did you get traded, or how did that work? I was I was traded uh, during training camp my 18 year. Okay. And so you played two years there and up there in uh, uh, for the Blizzard in Oceania, and then you came yep. back to Nipawa for your 20-year. Yep. Went traded again, or was that, again, another voluntary traded. move? Yeah. Traded over the summer. I wasn't – I didn't really know, actually. I was. I met my coach, like, the day or two before, and he didn't say anything about it, and I seen it online, and I was like, oh, okay. Really? So they didn't even tell you? You found out online, huh? I found out online, and then I think my coach called me a little bit later after that and told me, and then I got a call from the Nipua uh, GM slash coach. Okay. And that's the one, uh, that that coach, you said that was the one that you really enjoyed playing for? Yes, I did. He was a good guy. It was, we had a, it was a kind of a struggleful year for us, but he really kept it light and exciting to come to the game like come to the rink and still enjoy playing the game okay very nice very nice that's kind of a bogus way of going about things though you'd like to you know at least get a phone call or a text or something that says hey we're trading you as opposed to finding it out online mm-hmm. i mean the way those trades work they're usually online pretty quick so unless they were calling me right before it happened i would most likely find out before yeah well that's uh Still just uh, interesting. Interesting. All right. So, so you played your 20-year, and that's your last year of, of juniors, right? You're aging out of juniors there in Nipawa. Did you have um, – we know you ended up at Central Oklahoma, but did you have opportunities to play at other other places? I'm sure there were some Canadian colleges or universities that were uh, taking a look at you and maybe some other American schools. Uh, from my knowledge, I was never approached by any Canadian teams, but I was approached by uh, – Robert Morris in Chicago. Okay. And uh, what what was it about uh, Edmond America that said uh, Alex Henry come here and live with us as opposed to Chicago? The weather, mainly. Honestly, <laughs> I was kind of sick of the snow and the cold weather, so I was like, Oklahoma sounds like a fun place. Let's go try it out. Either way, you were stuck with wind, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So got a chance to go play for, uh, for Chico at Robert Morris, Illinois, or to come to central Oklahoma. Now, did you know anybody on the central Oklahoma team before you came down here? No, nobody. Okay. And what was your, when you, when you come down to, uh, Edmond for the first time, uh, what was your general impression of the place other than it's flat? I mean, the landscape here is fairly similar to what I like back in Winnipeg, so that wasn't too much of a shock to me. But um, I wasn't expecting as much like suburbia, I guess. Okay. Just from like, I was imagining it more of like an outskirt town on top of Oklahoma City, where it's just it kind of all meshes into one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a shock. Edmund, I really like the campus. It's all all together and a nice little community we got here. Yep. Edmund is Edmund is very suburbia, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure is. 
Yeah, and then it's got that nice little pocket right stuck in the middle of it uh, called Central Oklahoma. The campus has grown so much. Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple new buildings since I've been here, and I can't imagine it's going to keep growing. It's crazy. I I grew up in Edmond uh, when I was in high school, and uh, so when I go back, I I don't recognize anything. It's just, Edmond is just... Yeah, it must look a lot different from... Like when you were in high school. Oh, yeah. Well, everything is, right? We have cars now and actual telephones and electricity. Oh, come on now. <laughs> so, so what is it that you're studying at, at UCO? Uh, mechanical engineering. Really? No. What, what, tell, what goes into mechanical engineering? What, what will a mechanical engineer do? Um, honestly, I haven't really decided what I'd like to do when I graduate yet, but... I plan on hopefully being able to build something cool and make some progresses in technology and whatnot. Okay. Well, the reason I ask, uh, I have a chemical engineer in my family and I know they deal a lot with, you know, chemicals and crazy long names, polypropylene and stuff. I know a civil engineer or many, and they deal with uh, housing additions and streets and sewer lines, electricity, all that kind of stuff in terms of laying out, how utilities get to places. That's why I'm asking a mechanical engineer. What does, is it literally just what we're talking about building motors and things that, you know, mechanics that move? Is it uh, something? Yeah, that and like different materials that you would need to use for certain jobs and whatnot. Hmm. Okay. All right. Interesting. And so, uh, uh, now are there any engineers in your, in your family? Is this some, or is this something where you just struck out and said, you know what, that sounds cool. I'd like to do it. Yeah, basically growing up in school, I always liked math and sciences. So I thought that was probably a good fit for me. Now, someone liking math and science has got to be uh, that's a change of pace for a hockey player. Cause most hockey players like physical science and communications. You know, uh, what, what, did you find it, uh, difficult being a, a, a hockey player who actually enjoyed hard subjects in school, like math and science? No, not really. Always like, always like challenging myself and yeah, I don't know. All it right. was just good for me. All right. Well, that, that works. You gotta be, uh, I know you gotta be smart to, uh, to be an engineer and you have to be dedicated um, and so, uh, that's something I couldn't do. So, uh, good, good for you. Good for you. And so, um, uh, now are you planning, uh, this is your, your fifth year of playing at central Oklahoma. I'm going to presume that you're close to graduation after graduation. Are you looking to take that mechanical engineering, uh, degree and putting it to use here in America? Or are you going to look to go back to, uh, uh, to Winnipeg or somewhere up North and, and put it to use up there? What do you have grand plans? Uh, no grand plans right now. I mean, I in the next year or so, I'm really going to have to sit down and decide whether I want to come pursue getting a green card and working in the States or going back home and either working in Winnipeg or traveling somewhere in Canada. Okay. All right. What about uh, maybe playing hockey? Any, any uh, aspirations uh, to play a little pro? I'll keep my options open if I get a – I'm not – actively looking i would say but if somebody approaches me and it's 
the right fit, yeah, I would consider it for sure. All right. Well, there's always Europe, right? Lots of lots of teams mm-hmm. play in Europe, and uh, wouldn't be bad to be a, a young kid uh, uh, playing a game, uh, getting paid, and being overseas. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so you you you're down here at Central Oklahoma. You chose Central Oklahoma over Chicago, Robert Morris. And um what was your first experience in the ACHA? I know that that first year you played, well heck, wasn't Nationals in Chicago that first year? Um I I, for, yeah. I forget. I thought it was. I thought it was Chicago I and then you, yes, I it was. And then you guys went to Columbus, but yeah, Columbus, 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 then Frisco, and now Frisco again. But your uh, that first year of you, for you playing here in the ACHA, Alex, what was that like in terms of the level of play? You played a couple of years at the, in the Manitoba Junior League, and now all of a sudden you're in the ACHA. Is it the same level of play? Is it different level of play? Is it just deeper? Are there guys bigger, smaller, better shots? Is the Manitoba Junior League just light years better than the ACHA? No, I found it very similar. I would say the uh, my junior league was a little bit more physical and like gritty. But, and then when I came here, we had a lot more skilled guys, and the game was a little bit more structured. I'd say. Okay. Now, is that just because of the makeup of the Central Oklahoma team that it was a little bit more skilled guys and more structure, or is that just because of the ACHA in general? Uh, I'd probably say the ACHA in general. I mean. Okay. Even just over the past five years since I've played in the league, I've seen a dramatic increase in skill guys and guys that shoot the puck. And every team's got at least a couple guys that you got to watch out for. Yeah. Well, I, I know that the reason I ask, I know that when I think of Central Oklahoma, I think of guys that can fly on the ice, fast skaters. I think of you know great goaltenders, but fast fast uh, skaters and skill guys. Um, and there might be a, a a knuckle dragger or two, a Tyler Minks, right? Uh, on the ice, but there's there's not a whole team of, of of those guys. Whereas there are some other teams out there, um, or there were some other teams out there that uh, you know they're just a bunch of fire hydrants out there, and they're just you know they're going to beat you into submission for sixty minutes. That's their not a whole lot of skill. So, uh, but it sounds like the the uh, sounds like the ACHA is getting a little bit more skilled, is what you're saying from the in the five years that you've been around. Yeah, I'd say so. Now, how does that more competitive? How how does that work as a goaltender? Because those skill guys are coming; they're coming right at you. Do you have you had to notice a difference in your game in the past five years, or it's still the same old Alex Henry? It's just one more guy I got to watch out for now, as opposed to a couple of fire plugs. Yeah, I mean, I've made little tweaks here and there with my game, but generally, it's all been the same and just kind of working on the fundamental skills that you've already had. And there's not too much more you can learn right at this point. <laughs> It'll to your game and that's about it. Now at central Oklahoma, is there, is there a goaltender coach that comes in to help you guys out? Cause I know that you have right now you have coach Rivera before you had coach McAllister and then you have uh, uh, Brandon Harley and Tyler Minks. Um, and I don't think any one of those two guys are, are goaltender coaches. Does that, is that something that, you know, uh, is that, I, I don't know, I guess my question, Alex, is, is that a hindrance? Is it, uh, does it matter that there's not a dedicated goaltender coach? 
I mean, I gotta presume no, you had one. I I gotta presume you had one in I Manitoba. Had one in the past, a few, not actually, not with the junior teams. I never had a goalie coach with my junior team. Really? Okay. Um, I had one when I was playing with the Thrashers, and in the summers I would go work with him. And then, I mean, you just kind of got to be conscious of your own game, and if you're getting beat in one spot at this point, you should know why that's happening and how to fix it. You just have to work at that and fix it. Okay. All right. Have you found since in the time you've been down here in central Oklahoma, have you found that you've been beating and beaten in one spot? Um, not really. Maybe just like little spurts of it here and there. Cause then I can, once I figure it out, I can usually try to fix it. Okay. I mean, I haven't noticed it. You're too long for me. Yeah. You're, I, I, you're a goaltender that, um, from my perspective and realize I'm not a hockey guy at all, but uh, you can, I, I see you and I can, you can, I think uh, you're a guy that can steal games. You can win a game by yourself because you're, you've got that much skill. And so I haven't seen a whole lot of, a whole lot of holes, I guess, or stuff that you have to, you know, do uh, if there's one sure way to beat Alex Henry, I haven't seen that. Um, but do you get the feeling yourself, you know, that you're the guy that can, you know, if the team's not playing well, you can steal a game? Um, I mean, I know I have the capability, but it's very hard for a goalie to win a game all by himself, right? I mean, sure. you, need their, you need your team to score goals. You just got to be back there and try to help them out when they make mistakes because you're going to make mistakes too, and they're going to help you out when you make mistakes, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Well, that's fair, but you but you recognize that you're a little bit different than a guy who can who just sits there and lets the puck hit him and pushes it to the corner. You know, you 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 can actually can you sense it when you're in the net when you make a gigantic save or you know when you break down a, whether it's a breakaway or a or a two on one odd man rush and it's a great scoring chance for the other team and you flash the leather and you know make an incredible save. Can you sense that when you're in the net that? I just did something that uh, changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you during a game, you don't want to get too high on yourself because then you're in your head and you're thinking you're better than you are sometimes. And you just got to kind of stay humble. And then maybe after the game, after watching video or something, you could be like, oh, wow, that <laughs> was a heck of a save. Now, the thing I do remember when I first uh, when you first got here, um, I told Craig that he ought to tie a bungee cord to, uh, to the back of your pants to keep you in the net because you like to venture outside of the net. You like to go deep into the corners and play the puck. Is that something that, um, just comes naturally or is that something that you were taught, uh, to do, uh, by your goaltender coach that, that you had with the thrashers or, uh, that you used through the summer? Is that just something that you like to do? Uh, it was something I like to do, and yeah, in my 16-year-old year when with the Thrashers, my goalie coach was very big on playing the puck and trying to help your D-man out, not putting them in vulnerable situations to get hit from behind, stuff like that. So over the years, and it's it's always satisfying to me when I'm able to make the play and the guys can go score because of something I was able to do and beat a player or something or catch a guy and send him on a breakaway. Yeah. That's always a great feeling. Have you ever scored a goal? I have not. Have you ever come close? No, I don't actually think I've ever tried. All right. All right. Well, I don't think I've ever actually had the opportunity of 
getting the puck and looking at an empty net. Maybe one, but that was it. <laughs> well, um, I know how many how many assists you've you've got at least one assist already this year. Um, but you've got a couple of assists throughout their, throughout your time here at UCO, haven't you? Because you do get involved yeah. in the play and help push the puck up. Yeah, I try all the time. I mean, whenever I get an opportunity, really, I try to get out there and make it easier for my other players to proceed up the ice and score goals. <laughs> all right, all right. I are you? Can you? Have you practiced it in um, in in? Like I, I, I'm sure you have uh, in practice, just goofing around. But can you loft the puck, you know, 200 feet or 190 feet, and get it into the net from one end to the other? Um, I can. I'm not very consistent at hitting the net, but it looks kind of small from all the way down at the other end where I am. I see. All right. Well, at least you're not shooting it, and it's going off into the sideboards by the red line. So, yeah, you can you can get it down in the other end with some consistent. Interesting. Interesting. I I. I just remember that that first time I saw you, uh, you ventured way out there into the corner, and I don't know if you know it was a, a fumble of the puck or if someone was just on you in an instant. And I just remember asking Craig, I was like, "Boy, you know, you need to get some bungee cords." And the kid's great when he's in when he's in the net, but keep him in the net, please. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've had a couple bad passes here at UCO that cost me a couple goals, but. Not lately. I, would say. I think I've gotten a little harder with that. Well, that, like I said, that was your first. Yeah, that was your first year when I noticed. That. I haven't noticed that recently, so uh, I figure that's one of the things that you've uh, uh, worked on. Is you know you found a found something to work on and you've worked on it. So interesting. Yeah, I would also can. I would also say that my defensemen have kind of got more used to me doing that. Like coming to a new team where the defensemen don't really know that you're going to come out and do that. They don't. I guess nowadays my defensemen see me come out to play the puck. They don't come to me. They go to the corner so I can give them the puck because they know I will. Uh-huh. Where before my defensemen might come to me and I'll try to play it. It'll go off the shin pad and bounce where it shouldn't, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. We kind of have understanding now that if I have the puck behind the net, I don't really need your help. I can get it to you. <laughs> I'm the third defenseman. Leave me alone. Exactly. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I like that. Now, do you get uh, do the guys give you a hard time for uh, for for being a different kind of a, a goaltender and that you do play the puck so much? Um, maybe a little bit about being a different type of goaltender, but they don't usually give me hard time about playing the puck. Most of the defensemen, at least, they enjoy it and it makes them have to skate less. <laughs> well, okay well then go ahead and expand on, on what you mean then by being a different kind of a goaltender they just give you a hard time because you are a goalie and you're you got to be different to be in goal or what yeah that and sometimes i just make some saves that just shouldn't be stopped or just twist my body in ways that they can't understand i guess yeah okay all right so in other words they're jealous of you that you can do stuff they can't that could be it. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, because well, most of those, most of, what, tell me, why don't you describe for me what the what the Central Oklahoma team is like? Because when I see it, I've I've just described it to you. You've got a stud in that. You've got guys up front that can just fly. That little that little line that you have right now. It used to be the Wyatt and um, and uh, and Sam Rice line. 
Uh, but now you've got the coal beans and, um, oh God, now I'm going to forget the, the Mikhailov and there's, what is it? 17, 11 and 19. I think it is. Those guys can fly. And then you have some gigantic trees on the blue line. Some guys that are just there to intimidate the heck out of you from coming in and you know, they're fairly, but the team is fairly mobile. How would you describe your UCO team this year? Um, this year, I would describe our team as good, hardworking, skilled guys. We've, uh, we've had a little bit of trouble here and there getting the puck to the net and scoring goals, so that's what we've been trying to work on, sending guys to the net, getting screens, and just we, we've tried to make the identity that we're hard to play against, and I know we, ha- like, we know we have skill, but skill can't always win hockey games, so we got to work hard to win hockey games that way you're definitely a, a team that's play that's uh, hard to play against i think um one of the things that people do you know when they see when they look down their schedule and they see central oklahoma they know they're in for a game and uh i guess mm-hmm. that that's good and bad right because yeah i mean that's the hard part for us we've developed a culture here that we're a hard team to play against so every time we play a team they come here and give us their best, so we have to be at our best at all times. Exactly. That's why I was, you're, you're you're scaring them and you're intimidating the heck out of them, but they, they bring their A game all the time. There's no off weekends for you guys. Exactly. We're, we've made it to the point where our team is, a lot of other teams use our team as like a measuring stick kind of type deal. So like they come to play us and if they beat us, they're extremely happy about that and they get all pumped up and we try our best to stop that. Yep. Yep. I hear you. No. And that's, that's the absolute truth. I know that the, uh, there are plenty of, plenty of programs out there, including a couple in our conference that try to model themselves after uh, central Oklahoma because you guys play for a hard 60 and, um, um, you know, got a good culture and good skill and great talent. So, uh, Kind of interesting. All right. Well, tell tell me about in in. It's got to be. There's got to be a little bit of frustration with some of the inconsistency. That's kind of what I've noticed a little bit this year. Whereas before in the past, it's just kind of a machine. I realize that there's been some turnover on the ice in terms of player personnel, some turnover behind the bench in terms of coaching. But it seems you know. I look to the Arizona and Lindenwood weekends. You go out to Arizona and you play those guys. You got their A game all three all three games and they beat you guys three games and then you come back and you have to go to, uh, or you get Lindenwood here and, uh, you know, they're the number one team in the nation and you take two games from them. It's got to be a little inconsistency there, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is with our team this year, but we, yeah, I'm not, I don't know why it's happening, but I've seen a seen an increase in the consistency over the last couple games and the ending of the last semester. So I'm optimistic that we're gonna we're on the up we're on the top of the hill now and we're gonna stay up there. Good, yeah. Well, hey, you get the chance. I know it starts this uh, uh, coming this weekend. You resume play going up against uh, Midland, and uh, those guys are. Uh, those guys are tough to play against. They, yeah, I've never been up to Midland, so it's going to be a new experience. I'm excited for that. And, yeah, I think 
we played them at the beginning of the year this year, right? Or do they come? Yeah, no, they came. They came to they came to you guys to play. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've we got good games against them of the year, and I'm expecting the same when we go there this weekend. Good deal. Good deal. Well, you, you mentioned that you've been around to some places. Um, you know, going up to Midland is a new place for you. Well, you've been around the Western Collegiate Hockey League a, a little bit now. What's the not counting uh, Arctic Edge? What's your what's the favorite rink uh, that you enjoy playing in the most? Um, in the Western Conference, in like in our league, you mean? Yeah, in our conference, and if there's, but maybe there's another rink in that's a, a non-conference. I I loved playing in Lindenwood's old rink. Really? Why I was don't that? Know why I, I just loved playing there. There, I don't know. It was just always a lot of fun to go play in their their barn. Okay. And, and as for as for our league, um, I would say. My favorite rink to play in would uh, probably be CU, just because of their campus. Always like going to Colorado and seeing their campus, and just a beautiful location they have. A lot of good scenery up there, huh? Mm-hmm. Their rooftop tennis courts on the top of their arena are pretty cool. Yeah, I always enjoyed uh, just the walk to to and from the rink with all the yoga pants that were there. But that's just me. It's uh, <laughs> holy smokes! I I. I, I couldn't play there. I'd be so distracted. So, all right. Well, what's the, what's yeah. the flip side to that then? Um, you know, what's the worst? What's the one place where you just dread playing? Missouri State. Why Missouri State? I don't know. It's it's a tough ring to play in, and I've never I haven't had a very good track record there. It's not been my barn. Okay. Now let me let me ask this. Since you're in net, do you notice when, or does it matter to you, if rinks are, are, are dark or if they're brightly lit? Because Missouri State, to me, seems like it's a dark rink. Whereas Lindenwood, um, that you I just... not matters that much to me. Okay. I don't really notice it. Maybe a little bit in warm-ups, but your eyes get adjusted and it's not that difficult. Uh, so. Okay. Because Lindenwood was a very bright rink. And see you with all the windows and how new it is. That's a very bright rink to me. So I didn't know if that mm-hmm. mattered or not. You're saying it doesn't matter. No, I wouldn't say it matters very much. All right. All right. Now, are there any, uh, well, let, let me ask this, and I don't want to get, uh, you know, are, are there any, I know that recently you've had some rivalry games there with, with Oklahoma, and it gets it gets kind of testy at times. Um, do you... I mean, does that get you more jacked up, or do you just sit there and go, I'll let these guys, let these knuckleheads do their thing, and I'll just stay here and make saves, you know, 60 minutes long and walk away with a W? Um, I mean, I'm a pretty emotional guy on the ice, so, yeah, I'd say it matters. It's, I I enjoy the heckling from the crowd and whatnot. It pumps me up a little bit. Really? Yeah. No, no, you're when the opposing teams are yelling your name and whatnot. You know you're there, and or they know you're there, and you're doing something that they don't quite like, and that's stopping the puck. All right, all right. Now, central people have told me they hate coming to Edmond uh, because of the, they love it and they hate it. They love it because the crowd is so into the game. They hate it because the crowd is so into the game. Do you notice that? Obviously, they're not heckling you, but they're giving grief to your opponent. Does that? 
gives you kind of a home field advantage. Do you notice that, or does that matter, especially when you're at home? No, I don't think it matters too much to me. I mean, it matters a lot to the guys when they're out there making hits and the crowd goes crazy or they score a big goal. I mean, I guess it makes me feel better too when I make a big save and the crowd goes kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you, you're saying you like it when the, when you're on the road and the crowd gets more involved because then you're wearing the black hat, you're the villain, and everyone's giving you the grief and giving you the gears and you kind of eat yeah. that up. Okay. All right. And so I, I guess it's fair to say that happens probably more often uh, than not when you come to play uh, Oklahoma at their rink. Is that right? Or is there another, do, does it still happen at Lindenwood or does it happen at Arizona? Um, not usually in Arizona. I would say it happens the most in like OU, Missouri State and Lindenwood. Okay. All right. Interesting. Now you're in your fifth year. Uh, at Central Oklahoma, um, you, the first four years you played for Craig McAllister, and this year we all know that Craig stepped down for health reasons uh, after the uh, Illinois series, and now you're playing for uh, Coach Rivera. What, what was you won a national championship with Craig? I got to figure that um, there's a lot of uh, uh, I got a I got a feeling that you got a pretty semi-deep emotional uh, uh, relationship with, with Craig. I'm not saying you guys are best buddies or anything, but you enjoyed playing for him. It was what it's, it's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing for Craig. He was a good guy. He always treated us, treated us with respect and fairness. He was He's a good coach and a really good guy. He's always been good to me. Something that stands out to me, I, I was un, in the under the tunnel uh, or in the tunnel under the uh, arena last year in Frisco when you – I forget if it was between periods or if it was after the game when you guys uh, uh, played. And I remember you came off the ice, and uh, I was talking to Craig, and you came out of the room after you took all of that uh, goalie gear off and was talking to Craig, and you were apologizing to Craig. And I, I just that um, that just stood out to me as you know a, a class move from from your end, and it and it struck me that you guys must have a pretty good relationship because there weren't a whole lot of other guys that were coming out of that room and talking, you know, but, uh, that was something, uh, it looked like you had a pretty good little, uh, 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 feed some feedback going on back and forth between the two of you. Yeah. I've always had a great relationship with Craig and it was really hard to lose him this year, but coach Rivera really stepped in and, Tried to keep. He kept the culture the same. He kept practices fairly similar, and we've just been working hard for him and working hard for Craig and trying to play for them. Now your practices, you you, you mentioned they're fairly similar. They're still late at night. Holy smokes! You guys practice at what nine o'clock at night? Yeah, eight forty-five Mondays and Tuesdays, and then yeah. Uh, 3:30 on Wednesdays. Oh, at least you get a little a little break on Wednesdays. I mean, what do you what yeah. do you prefer? I mean, are you a night owl? Do you do you dig the night practices? Would you rather have it in in the day, or would you rather go like I think I think the Oklahoma team I think they practice at like six in the morning. Uh, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I, no, I definitely wouldn't want to practice at six in the morning. It is hard for to get up and go to class for your eight a.m. classes after. You've been on the ice till eleven o'clock. Don't get home till close to midnight. So that's been been a challenge, but you learn to deal with it and 
get to sleep when you can. All right. All right. Interesting. Well, your second year in the ACHA, you won the national championship in Columbus. And um, that had to be, uh, well, where does that rank compared to winning the, the Manitoba Midget League and then winning the TELUS Cup? You won the ACHA, the Murdoch Cup. Uh, where does that rank amongst all of that? Was it number two, number one, number three? Was it just another day in, in, in Alex Henry's life? Uh, the ACHA championship was a lot more meaningful to me. I mean, when I was in the on the midget team, I didn't play. I wasn't the starting goalie, so I didn't play very much. And then when I came here, I was able to really help my team win that championship that year. Okay. All right. That had to be a, a good bus ride home, huh? Oh, yeah. Ton of fun. I don't think many guys even got any sleep on that ride home. <laughs> Well, and then uh, and then last year, uh, so that was what two years ago. Columbus, uh, the first time we had uh, nationals in Columbus, so the sixteen seventeen season. Then we had Columbus again, and then Frisco last year. Last year, I remember it was who was it? it was Central Oklahoma and Davenport, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you started the game, and um, the thing obviously the game didn't go your way. Um, but you you pulled yourself uh, from net in the first period. Is that right, or or did I read that wrong? No, that Craig had he had already signaled to uh, our backup goalie that I was coming out. So I just uh, okay. I kind of had a feeling that Craig was going to get me out of there. It, like you said, it wasn't my night. I was surprised he let me in that long. Left me in that long, but I knew that. I just knew that it was that was what was going on. So I just kind of got up and got out of there. Well, I, I, okay. Well, that makes sense. Cause I, I, I thought to myself, uh, you know, I was just in the stands and I, I saw it and when it happened and I thought, Holy smokes, uh, Alex knows that it's not his night. And he, uh, and he, and he, uh, pulled himself and, you know, that's when the, uh, the other kid was at Cody, uh, went in yeah. there. So, the um, well, so this this season though, Alex, uh, it's just been you uh, for the most part. I mean, do you enjoy having it be just you, or would you rather have you know uh, uh, someone there who can give you some relief, especially during some of those three game weekends, or uh, you know, especially those those tough weekends when you're doing back to back against the you know some of the better teams? Um, I mean. It's hard to say. I, I enjoy playing, so it's hard to give up the net, but it is always nice to have another guy that can come in and take some big minutes away from me and give me a little bit of a rest. Yeah. I I would just figure you'd want to be – you wouldn't want to wear yourself out in December, January. You'd want to be ready to go in March. Yeah, I mean, we play – in this in the ACHA, we play a lot less games than we did in junior, so – I was used to the heavy workload when I came here, so okay. it wasn't too. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, I got to ask you, um, um, learn to love the game in Winnipeg. Uh, but the, uh, but the jets weren't there. So what's, no, what's, what's your team? The jets. <laughs> I had to, have to go with them. I have to go with the jets. That's my team. Okay. Hometown. Back in the day when I was younger, I'd say I really liked Colorado. Just I was a big Patrick Wall fan, so yeah, that would be my team back then. But 
Now it's the Jets. Now it's the Jets. Now since they've come back, it's the Jets. So it wasn't yeah. the it wasn't the Coyotes. No. All right. Well, you can't go wrong with those Avs from uh, the Wasakic Forsberg days with uh exactly Ray Burke. Oh yeah. Adam Foot. Adam, Adam Foot. Who was that? Rob Blake. Holy smokes, Milan yeah. Hayduke. Yeah, that was those guys were studs. So uh, what? 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 Other than was it just because Wa was uh, on the team? That's what uh, made you like the Avs. Yeah, I'd say so. Is there a, a, a goaltender? Do you model yourself after Wa, or do you? Is he your favorite goaltender? Or are there other tendies out there that you tend to uh, think? Uh, or, or more like uh, your style of play, a Brodeur, a Hasek, uh, uh, currently a Ben oh, Bishop, a Biddington. More like, I would say my mine would be more like a Hasek, just flopping around, doing <laughs> anything you can to get something in front of the puck. <laughs> That's just you being modest, right? I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. Very nice. Well, Alex, hey, we gotta, we'll, we'll let you go here, but I just got one more question. You got to have, after four and a half years with Craig and uh, now uh, almost a little over a semester with, uh, with Coach Rivera as the head man, you got to have at least one pretty good little story that you can uh, share with us, a PG story um, about uh, either Craig or, uh, or Coach Rivera, something that'll, when you think back to them, you know, whether it's chucking a clipboard at somebody or, uh, Doing something goofy. There's got to be a story out there uh, that you got for either Craig I'll or Rivera. I always remember my first year. We call it well, it's OU week, right? First when we play OU. So it's the first time I played OU, Craig would always get a little bit more tense and a little bit more aggravated during those practices. And I remember one time we missed a bunch of passes in a row. We weren't the practice wasn't flowing the way he wanted, and he just. Blew his whistle, turned around, and just smashed his stick right over the boards. And we're all like, so we should uh, really figure it out and start working a little harder. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, Craig, he's not hes not one to show his emotions too much. But when he does, he can get a little bit scary. Yeah, watch out, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he can. Uh, he's he's he was fairly even keeled, but yeah, when when he was had his limit, you knew it, and everybody else in the general vicinity knew it too. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right. Well, other than uh, talking to uh, dumb commissioners on a podcast and stopping every puck that comes your way, and being a mechanical engineer, what does Alex like to do in in his uh, downtime? Work on my car. Honestly, I love modifying my car and doing different things to it. Really? What what kind of what kind of what kind of wheels do you got? I have a '99 Corolla. A '99 Corolla, a Toyota Corolla. Yeah, it's right. good to me. How many Pretty miles? Gas, yeah, a little go kart I get to whip around in. Stick or automatic? It's an automatic, unfortunately. Okay. All right. How many? Now, but, I mean, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I would want to driving so much on the highways because I drive it back and forth every year. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. How long of a trip is that from uh, from Edmond to uh, back home? About 15, 16 hours. Wow. Now, do you do that straight or do you break it up? No, I usually do it straight. 
Oh my gosh, there's either a lot of Red Bull or a five hour energy going on there, huh? Uh, a couple of energy drinks throughout the drive, yeah. A little bit of stop for food, stop for gas, and just get there. Wow. Well, hey, better man than I am. That's, you know, I, I'm not a geography major. I'm just a, a dumb, dumb lawyer. I always, uh, I don't think of when, when I think of Winnipeg, I think of it, you know, right next to Vancouver, which is right next to Edmonton, which is right next to Calgary. And I don't realize un, until you look at the map that uh, Winnipeg is just due north uh, from where we are. Yeah. From where we are here, it's literally just north of Grand Forks. Hour and a half, two hours from Grand Forks. Wow, what a deal. All right. Well, you're a better man than I am for driving 15, 16 hours straight. That's crazy. And and are you did you just do that over over the winter break here? Yep. I left on uh was it Thursday morning at I'd say around ten ish and I got uh, I've been back home at my place of where I live and that was around I don't know, two thirty ish. Wow. Didn't run into any weather? Uh, no. It, there was, uh, I was a little bit worried the roads were going to be closed, but they were opened up and the snow, I guess the snow had melted. They cleared it all. We had a little storm before I left, but the roads were all good. Have you ever been, I mean, my, my daughter goes to school up at Colorado State, and uh, every time I've driven up there, it's, you know, beautiful weather, but I see the gates on the roads, on the highways. Have you ever been yep. driving and either had to get off the road, been forced off the road, or been stuck because the, the gates are closed? Uh, personally, no, but I believe we I encountered that once when I was younger and my dad was driving. Okay, because I always wonder, what the heck do people do if they're stuck in nowhere South Dakota and you know the interstate's closed? So if, they do, if they do end up closing the road and you can't go, so sometimes they'll close the road and you can't go either way. Yeah. And there's nowhere to stay. So if they do that and they have like a lot of cars that they have to accommodate, usually they'll open up like a community center or something and just give you blankets and let you sleep until they get the road open. Wow. Wow. Crazy stuff. Well, hey, I guess I'm glad that uh, there was no weather for you to make that uh, long trip down here, 16 hours. Crazy stuff. Yeah. I've been lucky. One of the years I went home, there was that flooding in Iowa a couple of years ago. I had to make couple detours but other than that that was the worst thing i had to deal with all right all right now do your folks do they get to come down every now and then to watch you play no unfortunately my parents have not been down yet but they are coming down for senior uh, night this year all right and will they also be able to make it down for uh for nationals or do they just sit at home and watch it on youtube like everybody else no nah, they just sit at home they got we have i have a uh, 13-year-old sister who is big into cheerleading so and two two big dogs back home so it's hard for them to leave <laughs> too much i hear you i hear you very cool all right well very very nice well alex listen i appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon to uh, uh, uh put up and suffer with me and uh a lot of my dumb questions it's been uh been interesting and been enlightening and i look forward to uh uh, a great second semester here is uh, UCO and number 33 pushed towards uh, uh, making their mark in Frisco. Yeah, thanks again for having us, and we'll see you in Frisco. That works. All right, that's Alex Henry, number 33 from the University of Central Oklahoma.